Hello and welcome everyone to episode 33 of the VGC Trainer School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I'm joined today by three additional co-hosts, potentially one more, depending on if he gets his power situation sorted. But let's welcome in the guys that we have on returning back to the podcast after a little bit of a hiatus. Sempra, welcome back. How are you doing? Yeah, what's up? I'm good. Good. How's this, y'all? We're doing pretty good. Um, so uh, what have you been up to? In general or like outside of the podcast? Uh, uh, just, like just like Pokemon related things you've been going. You have your own. Uh, you're, you got a podcast that you're doing. Yeah. You know, talk about that. Yeah, so when it comes to Pokemon, just grinding. Um, <laughs> that some things honestly, never change. Emperor on the ladder grinding. Yeah, no, because uh, I, I f- it feels really weird for me to say, but after Vancouver, I couldn't play ladder. It was so so boring. Yeah, it almost felt boring. Not preparing for a tournament, playing ladder was just terrible. Um, I play more Bo threes than than ladder, but for the first time in a while, it feels like every time I get free time, it's on ladder. So. That's been weird. That's been weird adjusting back to that. And then it's like, how, how did I enjoy this? So that's been funny. But yeah, we, we have a podcast, the podcast mics, uh, the mic server. Some really cool people. Uh, a couple of regional champions, international champion, Paul Chua, uh, a couple other people, like so much of cool people. So nice. yeah, I, I appreciate you allowing me to talk about that. Like that's very kind of you. Like I, I wouldn't expect that. Absolutely. And anything to uh, to help out you know, members of the community, because that's truly what this what this is. So uh, so obviously, you know, been doing a lot of a lot of great stuff in some online tournaments recently. So, you know, congrats and, uh, you know, good things to you for sure. Um, all right. Welcome in. Also back for another one. We got John. How are you doing, John? I'm doing good, Jake. Yeah, I've been kind of Putzing around with a bunch of different teams. Uh, there is a kind of like Goldango balancey team uh, from a recent tournament that me and a couple other guys have been working with. And then another guy from the server is working was working with uh, Bruxish for a while. Bruxish and uh, Hisuian Arcanine. So I'm still on that train. We thankfully dropped uh, Hisuian Decidueye from the team because it was actually that terrible. Yeah, so I'm kind of having fun, kind of bouncing around a bunch of different teams, seeing what I like, seeing what I don't like. Very cool. I think that's a that's a fun fun thing to do, just to try a bunch of different stuff, see what what works, what doesn't, what pops off that you didn't expect. It's uh, it, it can be it can be a good time to really explore a bunch of different stuff and then see you know what cores potentially could come from it. Uh, but cool. We always uh, welcome you know all the uh, different stuff that you can you can bring and talk about in that regard. So cool! Thank you so much for coming back, of course. And last but certainly not least, welcome in the man, the myth, the legend, Tony. How's it going? Oh man, I, I don't want to hear those stories. Those are probably horrible. <laughs> all uh, good ones. All good ones. That's a lie. We both know that. Um, but yeah, what's going on, man? Um, Nothing new here. Just being the most mid player you'll ever meet in your life. Hey, somebody's got to do. Somebody's got to do it. You know, right? Like Reg D is hard. <laughs> it, it it's cool because it's really fun, but it's like 
trying to figure out what team is like the death of me right now. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that we're, what we're seeing in a lot of these tournaments is just a ton of diversity, which I think is great. Yes, there are certainly some teams that are very prominent and uh, cores that are popping up a pretty sig- significant amount, but there is still definitely room for some surprise picks, you know, like Rain Teams or Hisui and Gudra or thunderous incarnate or even photograph is popping up so oh you already uh, know that i am on that <laughs> i fucking praise michael the best michael the best no i don't know how to say his last name whatever mckelder best isn't mckelder i thought it was michael he's a goat you know um i was watching blunder and you know i always watch blunder he was cooking <laughs> some dude on, on singles world cup it was insane. Like he, he's a, he's, he's really good. Singles World Cup, and he's, he's also going people in VGC. So that's crazy. Damn. That's now impressive. he's Michael the best because he uses the giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, other than that, though, I, I mean, I was trying like Ursa Luna teams for a while, and then I tried it with Mimic You, and then that got really cool, and then. Now it's not cool for me because everyone knows what to do. And then I just die all the time. It's fun. It's great. Sure. Cool. My feelings. <laughs> well, I'm sure that I'm sure you'll find it and it'll be with the giraffe. I'm pretty, pretty confident in that because you will make that work for sure. But cool. Uh, besides that, for me, draft league stuff has been fun. First week in the books. So that was a, was a pretty fun game. Then I got my word team to 1400, which on, on ladder, which was my, which was my goal. So I'm like, all right, on to the next one. So I tried to make Galarian Zapdos work. So that's still sort of going through some, some changes, of course. And then I randomly picked up random doubles, random battle doubles, I guess. And that's been really, <laughs> really refreshing to actually play with just like, I don't know, Encore, Thunderwave, Stealth Rock, Ooxie, and like Iron Defense, uh, Carbink, and stuff like that. Or like set Trick Room with Rabska to be able to reverse sweep a team with Delphox because they have a bunch of fast mods. I don't know. It's just been like silly, stupid fun, but I've definitely been, definitely been enjoying it. So, you know, just playing a bunch of different stuff just to get as much of the VGC experience as possible, I suppose. So cool. All right. Well, welcome in guys. And we might be joined by Tyler later on. So we will certainly see, but let's get into the agenda for this episode. We do have some news to get into, which is very exciting. And then for the topic at hand, we are going to talk about Nino's massive Regulation D tournament put on by Poker Bros, the friendly fight that took place last weekend, featuring 574 day one players, which is just insane. And then round out that topic with just a brief discussion on preparing for an online tournament and playing in them because they are quite different than playing in person. But first, let's get to the news so champing at the bit to talk about <laughs> about this first story this Tony, is the most amazing story that you will all this is the most amazing story you'll all ever hear i promise 
Okay. So the next seven star raid will be drum roll. Uh, it's going to be Terra Normal Rillaboom. That's not why I'm here, though. So I have like a theory that Jack actually called me on his way to college all the way from Australia. And he was like, I got this idea and I want you to say this. So you know how Indeedy has a trick room as its raid move? Like it's the only one that gets a raid move for some reason and it's trick room. Right. So and the metronome battle did show that Grassy Glide is already in the game. Huh. So what if what if the raid Rillaboom comes with Grassy Glide two weeks before Worlds comes out? How do you think that'll change the whole meta right now? Man, pe- people are uh, it was a it was a riot when we found out <laughs> three months before Worlds about the new format. I don't think people are gonna be happy. That'd be funny as hell. I I really hope that happens. Right? Like Ur- Urshifu is everywhere right now. And like a terror well, I, mean, I feel like banned Fluttermane would just go insane, like sniping all the Fluttermanes and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Fluttermane would go down. Yeah, no, that's, that's hilarious. It's like, weird that they picked normal Terra. Is it yeah, Hyper Gorilla Boom? I it think gets, it's a boom burst. I think it's because of boom burst. Yeah, I oh, think they're going with like a joke. Burst. And which is gonna, like a special Rilla Boom is very bizarre. I guess yep, it does that get big sixty special attack. Yeah, like it gets acrobatics for the fighting yep. types that you're gonna bring, and it gets body slam. So like maybe there's something there, but like if they gave a grassy glide in this, that would be pretty interesting. I didn't think about that as a possibility. Yeah, Jack just like called me. He's like, "All right, I was playing, I was watching one of these videos, and they had the randomizers, and then they got a Rillaboom Grassy Glide, and then I just thought about it, and he was like, that's when I realized, what if they did that in the raid battle, like they do with a DD and Trick Room?'" And I was like, "Oh shit, that would just that would fuck everyone's day up." Two weeks before Worlds, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I got my perfect balance team with Urshifu," and it's like, "No." You got this choice banded Rillaboom about a grass glide all over your face. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see if they do that. Because I think that the NDD thing was totally by accident. No, no. And I just want to say, this podcast has called things before. Jake, you called Terra Fairy Delphox. I called Sempra winning Vancouver. (laughs) True. Jack is about to call Grassy Glide Rillaboom. Okay. Well, folks, you heard it here first. Grassy Glide, Rillaboom, coming your way shortly. That's running July 28th through the 30th, so uh, get them while it's hot. Okay, well, something that would not appreciate that Grassy Glide even more so than the Fluttermane. John, can you take this next one, please? So if you thought that you would be getting a gift Pokemon that was anything other than the Slug itself, you would be wrong. Because during the World Championship live stream next month, during August 11th to 13th, you too can get your fifth, and I do mean fifth, I think it's an East Sea, it's the, it's the blue one, it's a blue Gastrodon, you're getting a blue Gastrodon for Worlds. <laughs> Correct. It's the one that Eduardo Cunha used to win Worlds last year. It's got Storm Drain, Earth Power, Icy Wind, Yawn and Protect. And for those of you who are wondering why, Zacian's and Calyrex are legendaries. Thunderous Defiant isn't a set anymore. Rillaboom can't have Grassy Glide yet. 
Uh, and Ensign is not in the game. So they have all of one <laughs> Pokemon to choose. <laughs> this is also a call for help that if you're trying to go to Worlds this year, please do not use Gastrodon. We're tired of getting it. <laughs> please don't win Worlds with it. True. Watch, next year is going to be the pink one. Hopefully the first one was a pink one, fun. and it's been blue ever since. Hmm. I mean, which one's your favorite? Pink. Jake. I've always had blue, not because of not by choice, just like that's just what's been provided to me. I legitimately don't have a preference. The pink is nice, though. I thought that's it was right. a shiny the first time I saw it because I didn't know that there was difference. <laughs> Sempra. Yes, yeah, definitely pink's better. Pink's so much better. I don't know how people like blue. I don't know. The pink one reminds me of like candy and shit, and it just makes me mad because I don't have it. <laughs> All right. Well, another easy transition from one storm drain Pokemon to another. Can you talk about this next news piece? Semper, please. You'll be able to receive a stretchy form Tetsugiri, the yellow one, and it comes with the Chromatic abil- ability, uh, Draco Meteor, Muddy Water, Helping Hand, and Celebrate, which is exclusive on this guy. And it's holding a big nugget. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so that's only going to be for the people that attend World Championships. They'll be oh, able to get it. So I didn't even so, realize so that. So that's, that's the significance of Celebrate. It, it serves absolutely no purpose in battle now that uh, Z-moves are gone. So it'll just be kind of like a prize, basically. Like, congrats, you got, the, cool. you got to Worlds. Here's your, like, quote-unquote golden Tatsugiri because it's yellow. And then here's your, like, Celebrate with it. So That's pretty awesome. So, so Sempra's just going to show off. He's going to, like... Pull out Tatsugiri and just use celebrate for no reason. Yeah, and some people use the G word and just get their own. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah, Santa Claus is gonna have a ton of those celebrate sushis in like a month. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. And we wanted to cover also some big community VGC tournaments that are going to be happening this weekend. So if you are looking for some Regulation D best of three practice. We have a lot to talk to you about. First one is on Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. And that is Nino's friendly fight. So the one that he had last week was over 500 people. So this is definitely going to be a pretty big one to jump into if you are interested. And there's also the wide league, which is a free entry tournament, but has a $1,200 prize pool. It starts on july 22nd at 1 p.m eastern and i believe there is going to be a day two with that also on sunday july 23rd at 1 30 p.m join us our community the vgc trainer school is hosting a regulation d tournament as well it is the yokohama prep number two i believe it's called so definitely check it out there and last but certainly not least friend of the podcast salty dolphin is hosting a very fun Little Cup tournament that is happening on July 22nd at 1 p.m. Eastern. It is not a best of three, but it is a ladder tournament. So you can just sign up. The code is S4GWOL. We'll certainly include the code in the description. No evolved Pokemon. You can only use the ones that evolve, and they must have a BST less than 400. So, like, no Fluttermane because it doesn't evolve. No Scyther because even though 
it is an unevolved Pokemon that can evolve. Its BST is higher than 400 and nothing like uh, Wartortle because it is it has already evolved, even though its BST is lower. Um, other standard VGC rules apply like item clause and species clause. So definitely check that out. This should be a good time. I'm sure he'll be streaming that. So I I, just, I, I like this kind of stuff. It's uh, it's neat. I'm interested to see how Little Cup is going to work. Something like, you know, Eviolite Bronze Ore seems like it just would be unkillable, basically. And thankfully, uh, Cub Fu is not allowed because it's a legendary. True. Otherwise, that would sock a lot of people's jaws. <laughs> yeah, things like uh, Salandit is is kind of good because it's like one of the faster fake out users okay so that was the news put that behind us and move on to talking about what the one and only nino poke bros put together last weekend friendly fight number 70 was extremely, extremely successful. There was initially a $500 prize pool, and then that was actually doubled to $1,000. So as you can imagine, it brought out a lot of players, many big names to go in and play. 574 players for day one and a 43-person top cut. So first and foremost... I did not play in it, but did you guys? Yeah, I did. How'd it go? I think I went 4-0 in the beginning, and I was like, cool. Like I was like killing it, and then like three teams after were just straight counter teams, and I was just like, oh, this is horrible now. And yeah, that's how it went. Okay. What'd you bring? Uh, I brought... It was a... Cresselia... Ursaluna, Mimikyu. Yeah, who else was it? I, I guess I just ignored them because I think it was Iron Hands. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm still upset by it. It hurt my soul. Uh, and Heatran. So, but like, as you're playing, did you like enjoy the, uh, the, the tournament setting for the most part? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you know, I was like the Nino tours and the wide league tours. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, I thought I did something cool. And then it's like, oh, I was so wrong. I mean, going forward, that was pretty, pretty, pretty impressive to start off with. And then, you know, maybe it fell apart a little bit, but I think it's still pretty neat that you're able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so, like the other games were not like, oh, two, uh, two one games they're all like two and o's and like at one point i just got completely bodied i was walled by the dumbest thing ever and it just yeah it was great it was great decidue can go die in a hole (laughs) it's a good thing we cut out that all that that whole piece about it not being competitively viable huh (laughs) the whole (laughs) it was revenge of the whole hour about how decidue's being not compatible compat com yeah well you know whatever shut yeah. up yeah <laughs> yeah uh sempra do you did you play in nino store no i i, I really really wanted to um yeah. that was i worked the past two weeks that literally got me in at uh 10 the night so i couldn't participate but oh, yeah that's yeah you definitely don't want to 
be playing after a long day like that. Right, exactly. So, no, I thought it was cool to see the teams, though. I didn't think it was like um, compare this store compared to the VR one was like much more informative of where the meta game was. Mm-hmm. I feel like to no one's surprised though. Like VR was very very close to the start of the format, right? And like that's and it's wild that that would it would change so much so much right. in just even just a couple of weeks. But I mean that's yeah. what VGC's kind of become, especially with all of these grassroots tournaments that we've talked about many times, but. You can find a grassroots tournament every single day for VGC. Mm-hmm. And so the meta is constantly changing and constantly evolving. So it's like, yeah, there isn't an official tournament between NAIC and the start of Worlds, but it's like there's going to be a hundred tournaments online between now and then to figure out what you want to bring and what you need to counter, you know? Right, exactly. No, I, I think I feel like the reason being. The, the the meta game evolves. Like I feel like that's just the obvious way of putting it. Um, like to no one's surprise in the VR tour. Like I don't think a single person was surprised by what was good. But then the next, it was like we actually have progress. Our format's actually getting progressively different. Like it's evolving. So I feel like pretty cool to see that. Mm-hmm. For sure. John, did you play in the Indino store at all? I was not able to, unfortunately. Okay. Did you happen to uh, like watch any of like the streams or anything of uh, people playing? I really wish I wanted to watch. I was kind of following the uh, the uh, Purple Rain team with Basque Legion and uh, Thunder Asterian. Yeah. Because there is eight of those teams in the whole tournament, and only uh, Fetty wound up being able to bring it all the way to top cut by the end of day two. And he was actually the one with a team sheet error because if you go if you go to the team sheet, his uh, Pelipper is Drizzle instead of Kenai. <laughs> Other way so, around. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Sorry, he, it it had Kenai on the on the team sheet, but it had, it had it's supposed to have Drizzle. So right. I think he probably took a game loss in the first round, but still wound up you know making day two, and then making you know going all the way to top cut, which was mm-hmm. super legit. That's impressive. Yeah. And I guess you just kind of like once you go into a room, you're just like, hey, this has already been accounted for. And uh, please don't, you know, no one's going to no one's going to use keen eye Pelipper. Yeah. Although uh, muddy water accuracy drops can lose you a game. So like I also I get it. I get it. You know who gets that move? The Astrodon. I hope they give one out this year. (laughs) Well, you're in luck. You're going to get one in the Cherish Ball. Very exciting. Okay, so for this massive tournament, because the fact that it was larger than several regionals, which is just insane, what we're going to do, instead of looking at the top eight teams and going through the moves and the items and whatnot, we're going to look at everything on a larger level and some of the analysis that has come by utilizing the Lab Mouse tool for this tournament thank you you tim yes thank you tim so um of course tim entered in all of this information so we're able to look at some top teams cores items teratypes pairings all that kind of stuff and see how things shook out from day one to day two and then of course we will talk about some some teams as they do come up in conversation so 
First off, let's just give a massive congratulations to Marco Fierro for actually winning the whole thing, which is, is, you know, very, very impressive. Going with a Swiss score of 15 and two and then running through uh, top cut. So congratulations to them. I do want to just shout out their team, not necessarily because it's anything of, you know, significance for being odd or anything but it's just important to talk about what they had they're running pow knight with uh zombie tantrum e-speed aqua jet and aerial ace on their dragonite it was inner focus choice band they had scarf urshifu with rock slide as their fourth move instead of something like u-turn or i don't know iron head or poison jab or whatever uh, leftovers on Heatran, they were running Substitute on there with Terrablast Grass. Booster Energy on Fluttermane, so it's standard three moves and Protect. And then AV, Rillaboom with Stomping Tantrum, Fake Out, Woodhammer, and U-Turn could potentially be Grassy Glide soon enough. So this is a fairly standard team for the meta right now so i just want to give them their due first and foremost i guess some of the moves and items that, that stand out to me choice scarf on rapid strike urshifu with rock slide is interesting aqua jet on dragonite is there not necessarily interesting at this point because it has been sort of you know proven but seems like a a good team has a go mode has a trick room answer and hits very very hard any thoughts on this john uh, yeah, for anybody who's unaware, Chien Pao had been using Ice Spinner in previous regulations, but now it has Icicle Crash, cool. mainly for two reasons. One, you don't want to get rid of your own Grassy Surge. Two, you don't want to get chipped by Rocky Helmet on the Amoonguses that are everywhere. So that's kind of like the standard Chien Pao is Icicle Crash over Ice Spinner. I also appreciate the subheatran set because it, it gets walled by the mirror completely. But if you maneuver well enough, you don't have to care about that. And subheatran can like wall everything else because you have leftovers and grassy surge chip or grassy mm -hmm. grassy surge uh, recovery every turn. Right. So it's a super legit set. Yeah. And it's good that you shout out the icicle crash on Chen Pao, because that was something that, that Tyler sent over to me, some of his notes, is that that really does mess up a lot of damage calcs because people aren't expecting that additional base power. I also heard that his I'm not I don't know for sure, but I heard that his Chen Pao was adamant nature as well. So that's gonna screw up even Ooh. more of your calcs. Yep. That's yeah, that, yeah that's that's ten percent on top of ten percent, you know, it's on top of what's already pretty strong. Yeah, Adamant's been popping off lately, I think. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, you know, I think I think an Icicle Crash from Adamant Champau could just take out the bulky Flutter in one shot. Like, it's insane amount yeah. of damage. Yeah. And it's like, Flutter mains, I mean, are they all hitting 205 speed at this point? Not really. Are they hitting 187 or 188 to be able to outspeed there? Like if they want to go booster speed, maybe. Are most of them trying to outspeed 102 base like base speed? 
probably. So like you are probably pretty okay to run adamant and still be faster than a good portion of the fast Pokemon. Yeah, because I, I don't think there's really much that you're speed tying with anymore. Uh, I mean, you're always going to be slower than pole. Bundle's not really an issue. If they set Tailwind, there was nothing you could do anyways. I don't really see too much of a loss. I'm kind of like I am waiting. I think Thrill talked about this before uh, for that day that they make a bulky Chen Pao, like a whole like recover set and everything. I am kind of like wondering, is it going to be Reg D where they could pull that off now? Mm hmm. Yeah, could be. I mean, it just sits there and like that passive ability is so strong. Other things to make note of that Tyler also pointed out to me is that there's no speed control on this team, not even Thunder Wave. It's all just fake out and other forms of priority and just being faster, such as the Choice Scarf on Rapid Strike Urshifu. There's no Tailwind, no Trick Room, no Quash or something along those lines, which is, again, it speaks to we're just going to eat your hits from the bulky Pokemon that they have, but we're also going to go faster than you because of our priority tierings as opposed to speed tierings, and we're going to take you out very quickly. Interesting team, I think, for sure. Good old balance. You know what this kind of reminds me of? Uh, GSOC. At San Diego, just like that team where it's like, you know what it does, but like, it's not like anything is like super dedicated to something. It's just all like, I'm just going to outskill you. And that's, that's what this team definitely says. I don't know if says. I necessarily agree because at that point, seeing Baxcalibur, Mimikyu and Garganackle was not. Okay, that's something fair. that I would look at and be like, oh, I know what that's going to do. It's just going to Well, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I guess it's not that you don't, that you know what it's going to do for G Sox team, but it was like, there was nothing like where it had a setup or something. It's just like this team oh, is very okay. straightforward. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Um, cool. Well, again, congratulations to Marco. So now that we've talked about their team, Let's look at the tournament on the whole and see what really sticks out to us. Some of the items that were used, terror types, pairings, cores, that sort of thing. And we will sort of go from there. Uh, to the listener, Sempra had to step away. So depending on what is going on, hope everything's okay, uh, they'll pop back in. But otherwise, let's start with some of the common pairings that we saw so not surprising but there were eight pairs that were used the most and they ranged from 31 percent being on the same team to 19 percent being on the same team uh in the eighth spot and fluttermane is in seven of those or six of those pairs, which is certainly not surprising. Uh, Fluttermane Urshifu coming in as number one, and that is the Rapid Strike version. Then Fluttermane Iron Hands, Fluttermane Heatran, Amoongus Fluttermane, there it is, Tornadus and Fluttermane, Tornadus and Urshifu Rapid Strike, Chen Pao and Fluttermane, and Chen Pao and Urshifu Rapid Strike. So kind of interesting to me, I guess, 
is that Chen Pao Dragonite isn't on there, considering that's one of the most common cores that we saw. But Fluttermane being up there is certainly no surprise. Anything stick out to you guys on there that maybe is a pair or perhaps isn't in the top eight that you're surprised about? We'll start with you, John. I think um, this is kind of like a data quirk thing. I think that a lot of these stats might be really inflated. One, because Fluttermane is everywhere. But two, because of the greater preponderance of balance teams. Because if you go throughout, if you like or to just glance through all the all the teams just yourself, you would notice that Chan Pao and Dragonite aren't necessarily all on the same teams together, but one or the other of them might be on a larger balance team. Right? So like your Urshifu, Iron Hands, Heatran, Amoongus, Tornadus might be with your Chian Pao or your Dragonite or your Fluttermane. So I when people are, are like, oh, Pow Knight's like the big next big thing, like it kind of is, but it also kind of isn't, which I think is the big uh, takeaway from these stats, but also this tour is that you just have a lot of balance teams finally that are doing really well. And we also have to remember that this is best of three play, not ladder play. Mm-hmm. Um, so like hyper offensive stuff would probably do better on ladder or be more popular on ladder at least. That is a good point because if you, because hyper offense really works on ladder just because you can be like, okay, I'm forcing my opponent to lead correctly. And if they don't, I win, you know, but in best of three, as it becomes a little more difficult to do over a three game series. But that, that is a good point about Dragonite and Chen Pao, not necessarily coming up together so um thank you uh tony what about you anything stick out to you <laughs> you know exactly what sticks out to me number two michael the best um i yeah. mean like of of some of the cores that we're seeing so out of the common cores mm-hmm. so like looking at the pairs and then looking at the cores it's like kind of interesting because you know the most common top pairs are going to be flutter and urshifu and then one of the the most common cores is like flutter tornadoes urshfu and then it's like flutter heatran urshfu and guess what the next one's like uh chien pao flutter tornadoes urshfu you know it's like so it's kind of cool to see that like yeah to john's point uh chien pao being number three of that like in the top cores and the last two being whatever slots means like pow knight is not as popular as it was and also pow pole is coming up again um even when i was playing in the tour i saw a lot of volcarona which i'm kind of surprised like maybe i just happened to run into like you know the few volcarona players but just there there was a lot of different things that i i don't see on the list but like there was a few things but like with the huge tour like this too it's like i kind of like to look back at like what we predicted would pop up and what you know like Lando I is nowhere. It's kind of in, like, I know Semper used it in the one tour and then he won that tour for the Sun team. But it's like, we don't, we don't see the Lando I and Rain. We see Thundee T more often. And I think we said that that was like, uh, that was probably going to pop up more just because it's the harder hitting version with the Wild Bolt Storm. 
Um, I'm I'm also kind of surprised that that Hudra is not up on the top used list because it was like the meta breaker for that little bit. You know, everyone was running heavy slam body press Hudra, and now it's just like I think I see one in the top eight, maybe. Tony, uh, there were eleven Volcaronas and twenty-one Lando Eyes in the tourney. So, so I def- just ran into the most Volcarona. <laughs> yeah, and there's there about ten percent of the whole meta game was Hudra. So, was yeah, it? yeah. See that? Uh, there's a meta game tab on a uh, on Limitless. Oh, and wow. so the fact that there's one Hudra in day two is actually expected because that's about ten percent of the whole playing field. Um, and so the fact that there's even one Hudra in uh, Top Cut, which is only eight people, is a little bit better than expected. But yeah, Hudra is like a, a weird mon to try to put on a team. It doesn't actually fit on most teams. Yeah, it's one of those. I don't know. I like I ran into like two Hudras and then I ran into like a few Volcaronas and I was like, oh, cool. I, I didn't see any Lando I. I saw a lot of Lando T. Lando T is still getting love, which is interesting because everyone was like, oh, it's not going to be as good. And it's right. It's not as good as it was, but it's still good. And I think that's, yeah, that's cool to see, I guess. It's not dead. Also, Goldango. Goldango's been doing great. It's never going to go away. It's never going to go away. It's just like Lando T, apparently. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... Its ability is so insane, and it's just Steel Ghost is such an amazing typing, and then you give it a 120 base spread move. It's a hundred like it's always it's it's going to be around because it's always just it's, it's going to fit on a bunch of different teams, and it's just going to do uh going to do great. I mean, I um, guess that's why it's so hard to get. You know, true. Uh, True. You, know, you got to get all those coins. There's no mm-hmm. other way to get it. Right. 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 Speaking of that, that metagame tab, that's a great shout, John. It is something that you can always look into for any of these limitless tournaments. So you can see what the top Pokemon by usage are, what the win percentage is, and some of the top Pokemon that we haven't talked about yet. Cresselia was up there at 23% for of share. Uh, Lando T at 20%. Ursaluna at 18%. Goldango at 16%, like we said. Um, Hisuian Arcanine only at 6.97% for the combined. But in Top Cut, it was also... There's only one of them, but it was... Uh, Oh no! I take it back. In uh, it, there's three in, in Top Cut, but it had an 80 percent win percentage on on teams that brought it or like teams that had it. So maybe there is something there. Some of the other stuff that sticks out: some of the the common cores that we're seeing: Fluttermane, Tornadus, Urshifu, Rapid Strike was a triple pairing or a triple group, a th- group of three on 87 percent of day one teams. And was not as high on day two teams. Um, Fluttermane, Heatran, and Urshifu Rapid Strike was on 85 teams of day one. And that was then number two also on day two with uh, 10 of those teams there. So 
that is certainly something to to keep in mind because those Pokemon certainly do benefit and uh, each other significantly being able to eat up, you know, water attacks with Urshifu Rapid Strike, eat Steel types that would, you know, kill the uh, the Fluttermane. Certainly works out very well. Um, fighting types or fighting attacks that would go into Heatran and go into Fluttermane. So that's definitely, if you're looking for a group of three, something to look into. What about some of these other cores that we're seeing, like this, uh, the, these Trick Room teams, such as Cresselia, Fluttermane, Iron Hands, Ursa Luna, that sort of thing. You don't really see those going from day one to day two, which I think kind of speaks to the fact that that's not really good for maybe like the, the long run, maybe because it is it is too telegraphed. What do you guys think? I think that the the moon moon balance, and by the way, I call it moon moon balance because Cresselia is the moon, uh, Ursaluna is related to the full moon, and Moon Moon is like an ancient meme. But Moon Moon Balance is definitely one of those things where I think it has a very high skill ceiling in that there's a lot you can do with it, and there's a lot of different ways you can play it, and there's a lot of opportunities to express your skill as a player. But I think there's also a decently high skill floor to it, which means you can't just pick up the team and expect to win with it all the time. There's some just like really positive matchups because it's a trick room team and you can just run with that mode. But it's not a team that you can just pick up and say, I know exactly what to do in every situation and I'm going to win all of it. Like you actually have to get used to playing the team in a lot of different circumstances, especially in best of threes. And I think you can see that because there is, I mean, there even a freeze ice team, which I think was um, Cresselia, Iron Hands, Fluttermane, Ursaluna, Heatran, and Urshifu. Like that, that team of six had like what ten or fifteen different people running it, and uh, I think he was the only one who made day two out of like all of them. Yeah, so I think Reg D is like a high skill format. And you can't just take a team of six and expect to conquer the ladder or conquer a tournament with it. Like you have to know the team, you have to know your lines, you have to know your matchups. Absolutely. I think that that's certainly a, a big part of it because if you don't know what you are going to be doing, obviously that's going to make things a lot more difficult, but especially when you are working with a, you know, like the, like this, this balanced meta that we often see very early on, if you don't know what you're going to be doing, if you don't know what your win cons are, you know, maybe those, uh, those really good players are certainly going to do very well, obviously. Um, I think for, for me, uh, something that, that sticks out in looking at some of the differences is just how many more Rillabooms you see on common cores from day one to day two. Rillaboom definitely seemed to not be present in the top eight for some of the common cores not being on many of those teams. But then when you go to day two, it's number three there with Chen Pao, Fluttermane, and Urshifu Rapid Strike, or swap out the Chen Pao and throw in Heatran. So I wonder if that's one of those like skill gap Pokemon almost that is... uh, that could be popping up that people are saying like, oh, if I can use this correctly, it's very, very good. Yeah, Rillaboom has really good tight matchups into the metagame because uh, your Woodhammer and 
drum beating are going to KO your Ursalunas and your Water Urshifus. But you also have U-Turn with a bit more speed to catch um, those Heatrans that go Terra Grass. So you can get like a nice chunk of damage into that Terra Heatran, which Rillaboom normally can't get. Um, but also like having Grass as a decent neutral type into Fluttermane, right? Because it's like a 125 base attack, I think, with Stab and Grassy Terrain buff. So that's like a really powerful drum beating or wood hammer going into, you know, the strongest mod in the format. Which I think people are might underrate how much how good neutral damage is in this in Pokemon in general, but also in this format. Like Water Urshifu has a really great uh neutral stab in surging strikes. Uh grass is decent neutral stab and not generally, but like in this metagame in particular. Fluttermane's fairy stab is always good. Yeah. So I think it's a it, it's a, it's a Pokemon that helps you win more games than not yeah I, I think so i mean it's just it's like it's just got so much bulk um it's able to pivot around which is really great in those balanced matchups and it's able to eat those surging strikes which is which is great because you definitely need a pokemon like that if you don't want something like a Moongus, if you want a more offensive grass type option for you some of the other things that we are seeing that I also find interesting is going from the common cores from day one to day two. In day two, you don't see too much in the way of, at least on the surface, speed control. You got to get all the way down to the common core of like uh, of number eight with tornadoes showing up. Otherwise, I mean, I'm sh- like sure some of these flutter mains are probably running trick room. But it is a lot of balance, whereas in day one, there is a lot of trick room tailwind options with Tornadus being on like the, the number one core at 87 teams with Fluttermane, Tornadus, and Urshifu Rapid Strike. But then only two of those, of those teams got to day two. So I'm curious if that's another instance of these players that are creating very bulky teams don't necessarily need to rely on even just one turn of setup for their speed control because they are able to do enough damage in or out of trick room or tailwind because of priority bulk and just overall dps and items to make themselves faster or slower if they need to the, if you'll notice that the common the super common common cores are only three mon cores um so even though you don't see ex- see explicit speed control on those common cores until the tornadoes. If you comb through the teams, you will notice different weird options like a Ferrigaraf or a Thunderous or Zapdos or Pelipper or yeah, just a bunch of random other Tailwind or Trick Room or Thunder Wave or Icy Wind mods. Um, so I think it's less that there's... N- not speed control on these balanced teams it's that there's a lot of different speed control options so rather than it being true that there's like tornadoes on every team for your speed control you actually have an entire field of mons you can use if you want right like i can use thunderous eyes thunder wave as quote unquote my speed control i can use icy wind 
on Cresselia as my only speed control. I can use Fluttermane's Icy. I saw that on one team. I can use Fluttermane's Icy Wind for speed control. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of creativity you can have with these balanced teams. Definitely. And I think that it's something that I believe you had said in the past that it's almost like the the devil's in the details when it comes to playing the when playing balance and like the mirror and, and whatnot, because it's like you want to be able to have something for, you know, for your opponent's team as much as like have something for your own team should you like run into something that is built in a similar fashion. So I think a lot of the creativity then is able to come in there or like you pick one additional Pokemon that you want to throw on there, something that may not be expected, like a thunderous incarnate or something along those lines that's able to maybe win you even just like a couple of different matchups, depending on what you see. So, yeah, I think that there is definitely a lot of variety still to be seen from these teams, which I'm very excited to see. Okay, so let's round it out with just talking about these massive tournaments, right? When they're online, it is a very different beast as opposed to playing in person. I'm definitely a proponent of playing in person because you can talk to your opponents and you can you know, build that camaraderie, which is really great. But there is that aspect of, I don't know, it becomes difficult to actually get there, you know, and like actually always have the means to be able to play in, in, a, in a big tournament. So being able to have something that is great for anybody to be able to get into, you have an online tournament. But because of the fact that it's online, you have a ton, a bunch of different distractions around you that could make it more difficult to actually play. So just taking a step back, how do you guys prepare for an online tournament as opposed to an in-person one? Tony, as someone who's been playing in a lot of them, I'll let you go first. Um, one, I wait to see what time it starts. Like if it's a morning one, then it's like, cool, I, I get to wake up early enough and my kids asleep. And uh, yeah, at night, I wait until my kids asleep. Um, no, but uh, in reality, it's just like, you you know, you want to... I, one of the things that I have to do is I have to triple check my team sheet just to make sure that I get the right things. Cause there was one where I entered and then it was like, it was best of one until top cut. And then it was like, Oh, you lost because you had helping hand instead of icy wind on your crest. And I was just like, ah, and it just kind of killed the vibe for me. So I, now I just really have to triple check. Like I'll triple check right before the tourney starts. I'm just like, do I have everything? And there's a lot of times when it's like you, cause you copy and paste from showdown. So it's like, Oh, did I try to test something on showdown right before? And that's probably the biggest thing that I worry about is like, Oh, did I change everything? And I did. Um, but yeah, other than that though, um, I also realized that I entered a lot of tourneys back to back. So uh, yeah, I definitely uh, went two and three in Nino. <laughs> um, and then widely the week before it was like, sometimes it gets overwhelming because <laughs> you go, you just keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Like, especially like the money one, I was trying to enter like as many as I could for what my work schedule 
from what my work schedule is like. So like I was doing, uh, I think I was going to enter helping hands, which unfortunately just shut down. They're not doing them anymore. I was, I was entering helping hands. Then I helping hands shut down. So then they had like a Latin tour and I entered the Latin tour. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in wide league the week before. I think I did Nino and I did horrible. And then I did Saturday night rumble right after that to try one of the teams. I didn't do great in that either, Mm. but uh, yeah, with the online tours, it's, you have a lot more resources to prep, which is interesting because like you could just check limitless and it's like, Oh, they're all right there. Absolutely. And when it comes to actually like telling yourself, okay, this team is what I'm going to bring with me. Is there anything that you can speak to about that, John? Like how you've gone about like testing to figure out, okay, I feel, I feel comfortable, uh, comfortable enough to, to bring this and actually, you know, participate. Yeah. So when I'm preparing for stuff, like for now, I'm, I'm trying to prepare for regulation E regional, which is like in October. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm more, I'm trying to get, you know, skills under my, under my, under my belt. But as I'm looking at a team, I'm trying to say, one, do I even know what cores I can bring? So for example, I have a team of six, right? Do I know which teams of four work well together? So that's step one is just which teams of four work, work well together. So for example, if you have like a like a dual weather team that has Tornadus with Rain Dance on it and Torkoal with Drought on it, am I going to bring both the Rain Dance 2 and the Sun 2 on the same team? Or am I going to let those be completely separate cores, right? But then I'm also wondering, now that I have my cores, I need to know into which teams are they effective, right? So I'm working with uh, Flygon Man in the server on the Bruxish and Hisui Arcanine team. And I discovered very quickly that there's at least three different cores with the team. There's a beat out balance team. There's a beat out trick room team. And then there um, was the, like another, I think it was like a size spam team or something like that. Um, but I noticed that even though the team was built around Hisui Arcanine and Bruxish on neither of the, I was not, bringing both of those Pokemon on the same core. They're on completely separate cores, which is totally cool for me to realize because I said, oh, I can still use these Pokemon that we were wanting to to build the team around, but I don't have to use them together all the time. So that's what I like about, that's the discovery process that I like when using kind of lesser used mons like Bruxish is that you can realize, oh, I don't, I can still use this, but I am confident that when I use this, it's actually going to make a difference in the matchup. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking for is do I know what my cores are and do I know when to bring them and when they're the most effective, Mm -hmm. Um, which is what I appreciate about ladder play is that you can get a lot of experience against a lot of different uh, teams so that you can be like, Oh, I've never played a rain team with this, with my team before. So let me play a bunch of rain teams and see which core four works into those rain teams. And do I need to like adjust one Pokemon for like a particular tech that they have? Right. And so that's like the preparation that I'm looking for so that I'm going into a tournament. I can show up and say, 
I've not played this exact six before, but it uses these strategies and this is my core for those strategies. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good way to go about doing it because when you know that you are going to be seeing a bunch of different team types, you should know what your, what your moves are going to be into them. So I think that is a, a good way to do it being like, okay, instead of maybe, you know, just jumping on the ladder and saying, all right, I got to get 1600 or 1700 or something like that. with This team have more pointed and specific practice for the team that you want to bring. Something else that I think is very important to talk about is the fact that these are all entirely free and the only cost to them is your time. So you can be as wild as you want. You can be as focused. You can be as, you know, dedicated to the actual you can you can do as as little or as 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 much as you want ahead of time to prepare because you can bring a meme team if you want you can bring a super sweaty team like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter as long as you have the pokemon in the game or even sometimes those are just on showdown so you can even have you don't even need that you just need the actual you know the showdown pokemon so i think there's a lot of different ways you can do it one thing that I would suggest we kind of talking about in the pre-show is to not let yourself get distracted. Don't like because when like when you're playing with somebody in person, you are focused to that game and like you have to be. But if you're playing at home, you can very easily have, you know, music on, talking to somebody else, uh, you know, eating or drinking or, you know, watching a video or something like that. But really, you should be focused on the actual game if you want to really take it seriously, because that way you can remember what's happening as opposed to being like, oh, crap, I missed what stat got boosted from that booster energy. You know, and sometimes that can make or break it. Um, also, take notes. I, you know, you have the ability to do so. So, Tony, go ahead. I, I can't tell you how many times my kid has run up to me. So which is why I wait for her to go to bed now. Smart. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it it does happen a lot. And, you know, you're at home. So it's like there, there's like a lot of things that you realize that you could do that you wouldn't do at a regional. It's like I could drop if I do really bad and I won't feel that bad about it. Or my kid is talking to me. I don't know. Like you said, I don't know what's that has been boosted or um, sometimes like so the, the one thing that I will say that does make it a little bit different is when they do the best of ones, like until top cut compared to the best of threes until top cut is like, sometimes you just run through a game, like either you get destroyed or you destroy them. But like, there's a big gap in between. So there's a lot of times where people just like kind of skip or like, they just kind of wait around and then they do whatever around the house and then they lose the first round because they forgot to check in mm -hmm. or yeah, they don't realize like, Oh, it's been 30 minutes and the next round is up. Cause there's nothing really notifying you except your own computer. Right. So that's, that's another thing. It's just like, make sure you like kind of pay attention to the timer. It's like, Oh yeah. You know, it's your house. You can do whatever you want. But if you're like trying to like make it into the next game, you always have to like, Oh, okay. Well, is it up? No. Okay, cool. Then, you know, just keep checking. Like that's, that's a helpful tip. Definitely. Because not all there, there's no requirement for these tournaments to notify you. You do not have to. So 
it's, 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 it's definitely on you to make sure that you are around. Yeah. And they, they notify you in discord. They'll do the announcement ping, but yeah, it's definitely helpful to have the tournament announcement ping on it while doing it. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, you could mute it right after, but like during it's like, Oh, well maybe I should kind of. Yeah. Other than that, any final thoughts on these tournaments or anything from the Nino tour that you guys want to talk about? Claude Sire made day two. What's holding you all back? <laughs> Very true. I think the, uh, yeah, the Ferrigraphs are a really nice innovation thing. Mm-hmm. The people realized, hey, I can still do some balancey stuff with my like hyper offense cores. So like the Qian Pao Dragapult team uh, can use Ferrigraph. And I, I saw some other Ferrigraphs that are still doing the, a similar thing of giving like a Cresselia kind of feel to a team while also being able to prevent Aqua Jets from like 50 things that want to use Aqua Jet, Sucker Punches from a bunch of things that want to use Aqua Jet, Extreme Speeds from Dragonite. You can just like stop those in their tracks. And so I appreciate, I, I personally appreciate those flex teams that have like trick room or thunder wave or just like different ways of messing with your opponent's speed control to get them in a bad position. I appreciate you. Anyways. <laughs> now, uh, I also like, there's one more team that I just want to point out because it's really, it's, it's when you look at the team list of the top cut teams from first to 43, besides the Claude Sire, obviously sticking out. Um, there was a snow team, and mm-hmm. I think that it's I think it's like a snow balance team too. So it's like it's a bomb of snow, Articuno, Heatran, Lando, uh, Urshfu, and Zapdos. And um, yeah, it's a really cool looking team. Like it, you know, it's still the bliss spam stuff, just no uh bundle, so it's probably less damage but more bulk, which is cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I know that was one of the teams I was looking at. And I was just like, oh, dude, that's that's a cool team. I only saw two people running it. They must have been playing it together. But uh, yeah, one of them making uh, number 21 on the list. So it, it, I, I think, yeah, the meta feels like they're taking everything and uh, everything from the past three seasons. So it's like just molding into one finally. And it's like, oh, now reg e is or worlds even could be like the most wild teams that like no one was thinking of because we're so set back into the the past few regs and we're just kind of like bouncing ideas off of there i could yeah. see it i think the articuno is also a good shout because unlike iron bundle which has a good defense stat articuno has like an okay defense stat but has a great special defense stat so you're really doing that thing of increasing the lower uh, stat with the snow boost to make Articuno a surprisingly bulky Pokemon. Like I was, I remember I faced it on ladder and my rock slides, which are four times effective into the ice bird were doing maybe 40% damage after Aurora, Aurora veil. Mm-hmm. So it's like a legit, it is not a meme. It is legit. Not only that, but snow club bright powder is also popping up. But Snowcloak definitely, I was testing it on Showdown and Snowcloak does pop up and it's like, oh, that actually worked this time. Like I missed an extreme, someone missed an extreme speed and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. 
I'm glad I didn't die. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Cool. So obviously there is still a lot to do with with this meta, and we'll certainly see where it goes from here. Um, but other than that, we're going to wrap it up. So thank you again, guys, very much for coming on. I certainly do appreciate it. We'll say our goodbyes and well, John, we'll start with you. Live long and giraffe. And Tony. Um, I second that, but also uh me and Jake were secretly working on a Galarian Zapdos team. If any of you have secretly mastered it and just not decided to share it to the world, at least share it with us so we could just ride our chocobos into victory. If you're a Final Fantasy fan. Be fun. Double kick to death. Heck yeah. And uh, all right. Thank you all for listening. We hope you appreciate it. Have a great night. Enjoy the rest of your day. Class dismissed. Dismissed.